Well, at the end of the first service last, last week, I really thought I was done with this series, and I went into the break room we had over here, and uh, someone came up to me and asked me this very simple question, because what I've been talking about is the Bible talks about... Uh, it, well, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. This is our signature scripture. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May our, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord. We've been talking about the fact that you are made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. I'm not going to go back over what all those parts are. But what, but the, the, uh, it's interesting because I was thinking during worship is that um, when I began, we began that series several weeks ago in my mind, because my mind likes to connect things together. I know where God is going to take us this year. And I didn't see how this was connected with it. Almost to the point I said, well, that's just me. I'm not going to do it. But if it, well, I'll venture into it and see if the Spirit's going to anoint it and go. Well, He clearly did. And standing here this morning during worship, it connects on me because what we're going to talk about today later on is our coming together and what binds us together isn't the color of our skin. It isn't our age. It is the fact that we are one Spirit. And so what this series is really about is making you more aware of the, your spirit in you and the Holy Spirit in you. But to do that, we had to learn what are the other parts, our, spirit, our soul and our body. And so that's what we were doing. So we ended up last time talking about uh, walking in the spirit, and that's going to be the title of this morning's message. But somebody at the end of the first service came up to me and said, well, that's great, Pastor, but I've got a question for you. How do we do that? And I said, you know what, I hadn't thought to teach that part. So I'm going to take a few minutes this morning, maybe about half an hour, and just talk to you a little bit about how to develop your spirit within you. And it's really not so much developing your spirit, because your spirit man is developed. It's how to learn to be more aware of and sensitive to him, especially in the midst of the busy lives that we lead. So we're going to look, first of all, at, at just a phrase that we have talked about last time. Revelation chapter 10. We're going to go through four different... Ver- uh, occasions in this and not spend much time with it. But I want, to, I want you to see something here. Revelation 1.10. This is John on the Isle of Patmos, the Apostle John. Near the end of his life, he served the Lord. He is the last of the living apostles of the Lamb. He's been exiled to this island. And on the, on the Lord's Day, which was Sunday, this is what happens. Verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. And Jesus speaks to him and then begins to reveal to him. And then in chapter 2 and two and 3, Jesus tells John, while he's in the Spirit, to write these things to these seven churches in Asia Minor. And now we're going to go to chapter 4, verse 1. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door was standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And then he goes into this picture, image. He was, he was taken into the throne room of God. Let's go over to chapter 17. And we'll look at verse 3. We'll see the similarity in all of these. 17. Verse 3. This is an angel appears to him in the first few verses. And verse 3. So he, the angel, carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. 
and he saw the woman sitting in scarlet and the beast and those things. And now let's go to chapter tw- verse chapter 21. And there's a reason we're jumping through this quickly because I don't want to get into the book of Revelation and all that's men in here because we'll spend weeks in here. Verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls filled with seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come and I will show you the bride. That's the church. The Lamb's wife. So here in verse tw- chapter 21, in verse 17 and in verse 4, there's a being saying to John, I want to show you something. And look at the next thing that he says in verse 10. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great mountain. What's all this mean? I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. An angel appeared to me to show me something, and he took me away in the Spirit in all three of those other occasions. I don't believe that means an angel came and picked him up off the Isle of Patmos and carried him way up into heaven. I believe that what it means is, and this is why I want to spend just a few minutes on this, is John is trying to tell us where he experienced all these things. He did not experience all these things on the physical island of Patmos. He did not experience all these things by going into heaven in some throne room. He experienced those things in the Spirit that is within him by the Holy Spirit. So John was sensitive enough to the Spirit. We don't know whether he was on his knees praying. We don't know whether he was singing worship songs. By the way, hi guys in the balcony. It's good to see you up there. We got people on the balcony. That's great. Um, We don't know exactly what was going on, but the, the, the experience that he had, he experienced in his spirit. And it was so real to him because the spirit is more real than the body. It was so real to him that he forgot where he was in his body. And I mentioned to you last week, one of the ways to know that you're in the Spirit is when you lose all sense of time. And I'm talking about when you're praying or worshiping, not when you're, you know, watching TV and fall half asleep. That's not in the Spirit. That's not that kind of Spirit. So this is significant that we learn to be aware of the Spirit on the inside of us because as we talked about last week, that's God living in you. God's wisdom, God's direction, God's life, God's strength. Everything God is going to do, almost everything God is going to do for you, He's going to do through the Spirit. So it's critical. It's critical that we as individuals learn to grow in our sensitivity and awareness of the Spirit on the inside of us, but also collectively together as a church, because if we, didn't, we didn't read the, the, the letters that, John, that Jesus told John to write to those seven churches, but in each one at the end, he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to that church. So the Holy Spirit is saying something to Faith Christian Center, but He's not going to say it by having dictated some screen up there. He's going to say it in the Spirit, so we have to together be spiritually sensitive enough that we're hearing the same thing. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. So that's what this is about. So now how do we do that? How did John become so sensitive that on an island where he's He's separated from all the other believers. He's on his knees or he's worshiping on the Lord's day on Sunday. And, and, and he is so sensitive in the spirit that Jesus is able to appear to him. I believe Jesus wants to do things here. 
but he can't because we're just, not, we're just so clogged up spiritually, we don't pick up on it. We don't pick up on it. So we're going to talk just for a little while this morning about walking in the Spirit and how do we develop that sensitivity. Galatians 5, we talked about this last week. Galatians 5, a lot of it is about the Spirit. And we looked at these verses before last week. But verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. So we looked at last week, overcoming your flesh is not by trying harder. It's by walking in the Spirit. Because you see, when you're walking in the Spirit, you're not looking at the flesh. The more you look at your flesh to try to get rid of the problems in your flesh, the more your flesh likes the attention. There's a principle I learned a long time ago about the way the mind operates. The more you look at something, the bigger it gets in your mind. The more you think about something, the bigger it gets. So if you want something to become bigger in your mind, just keep thinking about it. We'll talk about that in a minute. But if you want to get rid of it, stop thinking about it. Well, how do I stop thinking about it? By thinking about something else. And you want to think about, you need to be, I better better not go there. We'll never get through this. Okay. Verse 17. For the flesh lusts against, some translations say wars against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These things are contrary to one another. So although it's, so, so although that's a large S, a capital S, I believe he's talking about your, your, your spirit, your reborn spirit. So your spirit and your flesh are in constant battle against each other because they're from two different realms. And as we talked about last week, when you were born again, when God came to live inside of you, that spirit man on inside of you was recreated into a brand new spirit being. But you've got the same old body and the same old mind. And, and you're now in a battle because they want to hang on to the way you've always been before. And the spirit man on the inside of you, which is God, is trying to conform you to the image of Christ. So there's this constant tension. And the question is today, which one is dominating you? And we saw last week that, 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 that in the garden, when God created Adam and Eve, He made them so that their spirit, they were far, so, so conscious of their spirit, they were unaware of their body to the point that they didn't realize they were naked and had no clothes. That was irrelevant to them because they were so conscious of their body, of their spirit man inside of you. The moment they rebel, the moment they disobey God, they immediately are aware that they're naked. They become more aware of their body than they are of their spirit. But Jesus came to restore that dominion of this, our spirit back again. But now it's our job to cooperate with the Holy Spirit because He wants to bring all of you into conformity with that. So instead of fighting, your spirit, your flesh can actually cooperate with you. And so we're gonna, that's what we're going to talk about. So the problem is we're, we are born, our new man is born into a body that wants to rule you and be in control. By the way, as always, these notes are posted on our website. Somebody asked about it. There's a little red thing up at the right, upper right-hand corner that says, Today's Notes. It's really subtle. And if you click that, you'll find my notes. And I try to get them there a day ahead of time so you can come in with the notes already. Because I want you to be able to look at these afterwards because they're basically in an outline form and follow what we're saying. Plus all the scriptures are in there. So we now have a new spirit, but our body and mind are, str- are so used to ruling us that we have to begin to get them under control. Having a new puppy is a good lesson in all that. Now here's the problem. Most of us are, are unaware of the spirit man inside of us because we live our lives so dominated by our flesh 
and by our mind because that's how we were raised. And we have to wake up and realize that our spirit is so dormant in most of us. So weak, so dormant. It's not that he's weak. He doesn't have, the voice is weak because we're not used to listening. And it's a still, small voice. He's not going to, if he yells at you, you're in trouble. I've only ever had God speak to me audibly once and I don't want to ever hear it again. Because he corrected me about something about my wife. Not her, about how I saw her. And I said, yes, sir, I don't want to ever hear that voice again. But he did it because he loves me and I was going in the wrong direction. Okay. So how do we do this? The answer, and this is the simple principle this morning. How do we, how do we gain a greater awareness of our, the spirit that's been reborn inside of us? And the answer is very simple. It's anything we do that will help us change our focus from our flesh outside to the spirit on the inside. Anything. So we're going to go through about four different things that you've all heard about before, but we're going to talk about them in this context. First thing I want you to see, in order to do the John 14, 26, Jesus is preparing to leave his disciples, and he says here, you know, you've had me among you, but I'm about to leave. I'm going to go up and I'm going to find, I'm preparing a place for you, and I'm going to come back. And he says, when I leave, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send another helper, verse 26. But the helper the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name or in my place. He will teach you all things. So what are we talking about this morning? How do I learn? How do I learn? How do I learn to be more aware of and sensitive to God on the inside of me? How do I learn something? He will teach you all things and then bring to your remembrance what you heard in church on Sunday. That's what that verse means. <laughs> so the point is this. What we're learning to do, God has put in us a helper to help us do it. He's not just telling you, look, this is what you've got to overcome. You've got to overcome your flesh. You've got to get your mind under control. Go at it, and I'll see you when I come back for you and see how well you did. No, He's put Himself inside of us to help us to do that. But if you're not aware He's in you, the Holy Spirit, to help you do that, and if you don't call upon Him to do it, He's got a kind of, He's, he's working with a handicap. Because He's trying to get your attention. Hello, I'm in here. So when I wake up in the morning and I get my cup of coffee, and I sit down, I start talking, I say, Holy Spirit, you're a person. You're a person and you live in me. And I can talk to you and I can ask you and the things that you want to show me today, I need you to teach me what it is I need to know. I don't know what I need to know, but you do. And then begin to expect Him to begin to answer me. Alright, so we're going to get into some of these practical things. Simple things you've known if you've been around it for a while. This, the first thing we need to learn, we got it's read and meditate on the Word of God. Read the Word and meditate on the Word. The primary way by which God speaks to us is through His Word. I've been around Christians almost ever since I've been saved. That every other word out of them, the Lord said this, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me this. The Lord. I got uneasy, and I'm not thinking of anybody in here, as none of you would do this. I get uneasy when people, every other, the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that. Because my, my question is, have you listened to what the Lord told you to do. 
Because if you listen to what the Lord told you to do, you'd be busy doing it. But a lot of times it's so easy to say, the Lord told me this and the Lord told and it was you. But God speaks to us primarily through His Word. God makes us sensitive to the Spirit primarily through His Word because His Spirit and your reborn spirit will not tell you to do something that's not consistent with this Word. Jesus said this in John 6, 63. He said, well, let's look at it. It is the Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit, who gives life. The flesh, your body, prophets, nothing. And think of all the time we spend giving it attention. Think of all the time we spend worrying about what we put on it and what we put in it and where we take it. This is why Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or the clothing you're going to wear. I mean, we need to put clothing on, we need to eat, and we need to take care of our bodies. But it profits, ultimately, nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and their life. So this word is a living word. It is God speaking to us. And He speaks to us to our spirit. And He speaks life to our spirit. So, and here's what I want to spend a couple of moments on. I said read it and meditate on it. They're two very different things. Reading something is you're saying the words to yourself or depending on you know, how your mind works when you read. And it's important because it gets you familiar with the Bible. It's beginning to put, the, put it in you. But what really will change you is meditating on the Word. Jesus says in John, I think it's about a 15. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Not that you know my words, but they abide in you. They settle down. The word abide means to settle down and take up residence. Then you will ask the Father anything, and He will do it. Say, so how can He make such a carte blanche promise to me? Because if His Word abides in you, you will not ask for something that's outside of God's will. So how does the Word come to a... See, it, it, it does Remember, the you is your spirit. You're not your mind. And you're not your body. That was the purpose of this series we've been going through. Your body is just your earth suit. It's what cause, allows you to live in this world. Your mind is a tool God's given to you to carry out His will in your body. But the real you is the spirit person on the inside of you. If my words abide, not in your mind, in you, down inside of you. The best example I can use of this is, is, is that, well, let me tell you what, what the words meditate means. It means to mutter, M-U-T-T-E-R, which means to roll it around in your mind. Talk to yourself about it. And I, years ago, I was meditating on meditating. And the Lord spoke to me, he says, son, you're, a me- you're an expert at it. He said, in fact, most people, Christians, are experts at it. I said, really? 
He said, yeah, they just do it the wrong way. I said, what do you mean? He said, worry is meditation. If you can worry, you can meditate. In fact, what you do when you worry, you can do with God's Word and you'll be meditating on it. And it's kind of like this. Various companies and, and, and will have uh, a quality control section, food companies. And, and they'll, they'll have uh, like, like cheese companies and people manufacture cheese and I don't mean commercial stuff, I mean good quality things. And even the vineyards and things like that, they'll have a tester, a wine tester or a cheese tester and, and, and they don't eat it. Because if the wine tester drank wine all day, he would not be very reliable by noontime. Yeah, this is good stuff, you know. So what do they do? They roll it around in their mouth so that they touch all the taste buds. And then once they've touched all the taste buds, they spit it out. The cheese, they roll it around. I'm going to lose some people here. They roll it around in their mouth and they get all the flavor and then they spit it out. They don't swallow it. So all that does is excite their taste buds. It begins to get the saliva flowing, which your body is designed to get ready to, to swallow the food and digest it. So your body's ready, but if you spit it back out again, it doesn't ever get down inside or do you any good. So when we read the Word of God... When we sit here and listen to the Word of God, that's like rolling it around in our mouth. That's like tasting it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And that's wonderful. We need to taste it. That develops your appetite for it. But if all we do is read it and then don't meditate on it, we've just run it around in our mouth, or in this case our mind, and then spit it out and gone on. Because the only way that food does you any good, the only way that food builds you up or strengthens you, is when you swallow it and get it down inside of you. So how do you do that? Well, what do you do when you meditate, when you worry? You run it over and over in your mind. You think about it. You project. What would it, if that's really true, what, that be, what would my life be like? If it really were true that it's God's will to heal... I mean, that's really true that God wants me well. What would that mean? Begin to think about it. Let your imagination run. Okay, we've got to move on. See, that allows the Spirit of God to begin to take what you're chewing on and then begin to open your inner eyes to see what it means. This is the... What people say, how do you come up with... Because I meditate on it. And as I do... That's why sometimes my messages get longer, because that's what's happening right now. As I'm talking about it, I'm meditating on it, and the Spirit of God will begin to illuminate it and turn lights on, and you'll begin to see things in here that makes you more sensitive and aware in here. Read God's Word. The next one is where Satan has fought Christians for so hard, and it's by praying in the Spirit, which is sometimes, bless you, speaking in tongues. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is poured out. I could feel you tighten up the moment I said that. Why do you think the devil fights this so hard? You'll see why. Acts 2.4 And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled. They were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them 
utterance. It's a heavenly language. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. We'll see why this is so critical. Why Satan has opposed this so much. There are some of you here this morning, you've done this for years, but we forget it. And we just forget and go on and do other things and just don't realize how important this is. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue, that's an unknown tongue, does not speak to men, but to God. So when we're speaking in tongues, when we're praying in the Spirit, we're not talking to others, we're talking to God. We're talking to God. For no one understands Him, including you. However, in the Spirit, in the Spirit, so we're talking about today, John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. We're talking about learning to walk in the Spirit. And when you pray in tongues, you're, you are in, in the Spirit. You're speaking mystery, mysteries, to, mysteries to your mind. Am I the only one whose mind gets in the way? You ever really want to pray and get close to God and your mind just goes all over the place? Here is a God-given gift to get around your mind. My mind's caused me more trouble. But God's given us a gift that goes around. And this is why your mind fights it. Because your mind's nosy. Like the little puppy. Wants to know what's going on. Doesn't want to be left out of what's going on. And when you're praying in the Spirit, your mind has no clue what you're talking about to God, and it does not like that. So it's good just to teach your mind, I don't need you all the time. I don't need you all the time. The Word of God says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but you are speaking to God. That's why the devil hates this so much. He doesn't want you speaking to God. He wants you to be in, he wants your mind involved because then he can talk to your mind while you're talking to God. Who do you think you are that God would listen to you? Am I the only one when I'm praying I get battle of thoughts? So when, you, when you're praying in the spirit, the devil doesn't know what you're saying either. And it drives him up a wall. So if you want to make him upset... All right, we've got to move on. Let's go to uh, verses, uh, verse 14. This is Paul writing. If I pray in a tongue, here it is, my spirit prays. But my understanding, my mind, is unfruitful. What conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit... And I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. So, the point is here, is we're learning how to walk more sensitive to the Spirit that's on the inside of you. And praying out of that Spirit to God, and praying things that are, go around your mind will help develop your sensitivity. I was listening to a teaching of... Kenneth Hagin, Brother Hagin, from years ago. And he talked about how he prepared before his service. He said, I just pray in the Spirit for an hour. I just pray in the Spirit for an hour. Doesn't go over his notes. He just prays in the Spirit for an hour because it makes him more sensitive to the Spirit on the inside of you. Jude, verse 20. 
Go to Revelation and go forward one. Jude 20. It's in chapter 1. I can tell how many of you have ever read Jude. But you. Stop there a second. But means he's already been talking about something. He didn't start the letter out, but... What's he been talking about? He's been giving them a warning that in the last days there's going to be deception come into the church. There'll be wolves coming in trying to devour sincere believers. There will be all kinds of false doctrine coming in trying to get people in their flesh and to be governed by their flesh. And I believe we are in the last days. And I believe that's happening in the church right now. In many ways, the church is being led off into things that are really not what the Spirit of God is doing and wants to do. They're flashy things. They'll bring big crowds, but they're not what the Spirit of God is doing. So he said, here's the war- Here's what you do in this day and hour where it can be so difficult to discern. Here's what you've got to do. But you, beloved, building yourself up. The word build up there is a Greek word which means to go to where there's a foundation already laid and build a structure on top of that foundation. It means to take a, 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 a pad or a, or, a, or, a, or a foundation and then build up on that foundation. Build up on that foundation. And how do we do that? Build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's praying in tongues. Praying in the Holy Spirit. I've got to move on. And the last one we're going to talk about this morning, go to John chapter 4, verse 24. We referenced this several times. It's worship. Worship. God is Spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. So true worship comes out of our spirit towards God. I don't have time to get into it this morning, but as we sing like this morning and we're opening our hearts up and praising God and dedicating ourselves to God, what happens is your spirit, man, on the inside becomes comes sensitive and alert, and then the Holy Spirit comes along, and it's like I've heard people describe it as if God bends over from heaven and kisses, kisses us. Well, He doesn't literally do that, but the Holy Spirit connects with your spirit, reaching up to Him. And the amazing thing is you don't have to be in church to do this. In fact, well, it'll be better in church doing it if you've been doing it all week at home. I do it in the car, I do it in the shower, and I just get these songs going around in me, just sing them unto the Lord, sing unto the Lord, singing unto the Lord, singing unto the Lord. In Philippians 3, verse 3 says, we are the true circumcision, we are the true believers who worship Him in spirit. We are the, we are the circumcision, the true believers who worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. In Ephesians 5, 18... Paul's talking about not being drunk in the, in, drunk in with, with the spirits of the world. I mean, the kind that some of you used to hang out in bars drinking. 
But instead, we're to be, we're to be intoxicated. We're, don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation or a waste, but be filled with the Spirit. In the Greek, that doesn't, that's not a past tense. That's a progressive thing. It, it means be continually being filled in the Spirit. And how? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So we should be walking around singing. I can always tell where Pastor Kurt is because he's walking in these songs, he's just singing. Everybody goes, he's just singing because the worship on the inside just bubbles out. Well, we ought to be doing that. Just sing. Say, so, well, that's not my personality, but it is the one of the one inside of you. Try it. It won't hurt you. All right, we've got to move on. Okay. As you do these things, the Holy Spirit, remember, He's your helper, He will begin to speak to you in your spirit. And begin to, not necessarily words with impressions. You'll just know it. Romans 8.16 talks about the Holy Spirit. And he says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So as you do these things, as you meditate, as you read, as you begin to pray in tongues, as you begin to, uh, as you begin to worship, the Holy Spirit in you will begin to connect with you and show you things. Study has always been easy to me. Meditation has always been easy to me. But I'll just share my testimony very briefly. Worship's always been difficult for me. Oh, I can sing songs and praise, but my way my mind works is, what good's that? I want to understand something. I want to understand something. I want to be able to break it down. And I don't under, I, you know, Psalms, I would struggle with Psalms because there's not a doctrine in there. There's not some teaching in there. It's David. See, everything else is God talking to us. Psalms is us talking, David talking back to God. And it's like, but, but I began to have a real hunger over a year or so ago. God, I want to know you in a way I don't know you. I want to know you with an intimacy I've not known. And I listened to a teaching of Robert Morris. We showed him here last year. And he talked about this. And so what I began to do is get up in the morning, put a set of earphones on, get my coffee, and I just began to listen to some worship songs and sing along with them. And my wife may be going to another room because my singing along with them interfered with her worship. <laughs> and it's God, I don't sing that well. So I'm, but I'm just not singing. But I began to just sing in my mind thinking, this isn't doing anything. But I began to do it. And what I began to discover is I began to do that. I began to see things in here. God be, the Spirit of God began to show me things in here. So I'm sharing that with you to encourage you. You may not be a natural worshiper. But you are a worshiper because God's made all of us to be worshipers. But it was my mind that got in the way. So just do that. Just take a song. Your favorite song we sing it. Just begin to sing it. Don't worry about whether it makes sense to you or not. And just what will happen is begin to bubble up in you. And that makes you more and more sensitive to the Spirit. Right now, let's pray. Father, as, we, as we've come to the end of this series, I ask you, Father, you promised that your Spirit's been given to us to lead us into all truth. And I'm asking you, Father, as the shepherd that you put here for this time, that you would begin by your precious Holy Spirit to make each of us sensitive to the Spirit man that's on the inside of us. Father, those that have struggled with praying in 
praying in tongues in the heavenly language help them. Give them confidence. This is a gift that you've given to them. It's not something earned. It's not something they have to try hard to do. But it's a gift that's been given to them. They just receive it by faith. The same way they received Christ. Father, I pray that anyone that's here this morning that's never received Christ, that right now you would open their eyes to see their need for Him and their life. For that we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now is the most important part of this service. There may be somebody here this morning and you've never received Christ as your Savior. You've never allowed Him into your life. Everything else.